Good morning. I'm Eric Anderson filling in for Debbie Cruz. It's Tuesday, July 26th. Conversion therapy in Baja, California. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. Gas prices keep falling. The average price of a gallon of regular gasoline in San Diego County dropped to $5.69 yesterday. So if you're filling up a 15-gallon tank, you're spending about 85 bucks. That's $9 less than it was a month ago. But the price is still not anywhere close to cheap. This time last year, the average price was $4.32 a gallon, which means filling that 15-gallon tank costs $20 less than it does today. Efforts to find housing for homeless seniors in San Diego County took a step forward yesterday. National Corps and its partners broke ground on 73 supportive apartment homes in San Diego's Nestor neighborhood. The apartments are for seniors 55 and older. They'll be built on property owned by the Nestor United Methodist Church. The Nestor Senior Village will include a community room and private offices for case management. As downtown San Diego cleans up from Comic-Con, businesses say they also cleaned up financially. Economic numbers won't be available for a while, but the convention's impact on the local economy is estimated to be over $165 million, with $90 million in direct spending. All told, more than 135,000 people visited the convention center this weekend, and they left a lot of trash. Downtown San Diego partnership officials say more than 46,000 pounds of trash were picked up, twice the normal amount. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org. The governor of Baja California vetoed a ban on conversion therapy, that debunked practice that aims to change people's sexual orientation. KPBS border reporter Gustavo Solis says the region's gay rights activists are now fighting back. The memories remain raw for 27-year-old Benjamin Sanchez. As the teenage son of a pastor in an ultra-Christian community of Tijuana, his sexual identity was considered a sin. Church leaders told him that conversion therapy would offer him a cure, but he ended up with trauma. I had to look at a mirror and say, I am not this. I do not like men. Being feminine is bad. Being feminine goes against God's plan for me. For years, the so-called therapy left Sanchez confused and prone to panic attacks. So this spring, when he heard that Baja California State Congress was going to ban conversion therapy, Sanchez decided to speak out. I think it's my responsibility, as someone who lived through this and survived, that no one else has to go through this. The state congress initially passed a ban in April, but the governor, Marina del Pilar Avila, vetoed the ban. Instead, she chose to regulate the industry. The governor's regulations give parents the right to choose to send their kids to conversion therapy as long as the kids are not forced to go. Activists have quickly pointed out that several international medical groups, including the American Psychological Association, have debunked conversion therapy as a dangerous pseudoscience. There are many institutions, both at a national level, international and globally, 
que, te han, que han marcado y mencionado que no son válidas, no funcionan, dañan, son contraproducentes, generan estigmas, generan eh, traumas. That was Cesar Espinosa, the director of COCUT, a Tijuana-based LGBT rights nonprofit. He says studies have shown that commercial therapy does more harm than good. California banned the practice for minors in 2012, partly because experts say that people subjected to conversion therapy end up with higher risks of suicidal behavior. Ilan Meyer of the UCLA Williams Institute says that people who are exposed to conversion therapy are more likely to suffer from several medical conditions. That could lead to suicide attempts, depression, anxiety, substance use disorders, and a range of mental health problems. Shortly after the governor announced her regulations, Cocoon filed a lawsuit seeking to keep the original ban, the one passed by Baja California Congress. Sanchez and other advocates say that regulations create a massive loophole because most of the people in conversion therapy are minors who have been manipulated by their parents and churches into going to conversion therapy. I would have told them, yes, I want to be here because this is right. I don't want this in my life and I don't want to be gay. Sanchez says that as a teenager, if anyone had asked him if he chose to go to conversion therapy, he would have said it was his idea. Gustavo Solis, KPBS News. Wastewater is showing COVID cases in San Diego are increasing dramatically. KPBS health reporter Matt Hoffman says hospitals are preparing for what could be coming. Data from the Point Loma treatment plant shows a sharp increase in the amount of COVID found in San Diegans' wastewater. What that tells us that is that in the next two to four weeks, we are going to be dealing with more cases of COVID. And no questions about that. Dr. William Sang is assistant chief of staff for Kaiser San Diego. He says wastewater has proven to be an early indicator of when COVID cases are rising. And this summer surge is driven by the highly contagious BA5 subvariant. We really never know that we're over the peak until we're on the other side. So it's, it's hard to predict, but we're not on the other side yet. COVID-related hospitalizations have been increasing, saying expects the upticks to continue. He recommends people mask up and get boosters. Matt Hoffman, KPBS News. The San Diego City Council voted Monday to put reforming the people's ordinance on the November ballot. It'll be up to city residents to decide if single-family homes will have to pay fees for trash pickup. KPBS reporter Kitty Alvarado has details. The People's Ordinance says the city cannot charge some citizens, mostly single-family homeowners, a fee for trash pickup. We have a 100-year-old rule on the books that is not built for modern-day society, and we're all worse off for it. Council President Shanilo Rivera was a yes vote, and he notes trash collection isn't really free. It's currently paid for out of the city's general fund. He says if voters reject the reform proposal in November, some tough choices will have to be made. And our general fund will continue to take the hit. And it takes the hit uh, in the range of about $50 million per year. And that's $50 million that won't otherwise be able to be spent on parks, libraries, firefighters, lifeguards. Ilo Rivera says if the measure passes, it will still take a lot of community forums and studies for the city to establish what services will be offered and what they will cost. Kitty Alvarado, KPBS News. Coming up, goats are now working for SDG&E. We'll have that story and more after the break. 
Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. No, it's not a new petting zoo in town, but San Diegans may have noticed a herd of goats in open land areas. KPBS reporter Tanya Thorne tells us the animals are not hanging out to graze. The goats are actually working for San Diego Gas and Electric. Goats are SDG&E's newest wildfire fighting partners. Last month, the energy company started a new goat grazing pilot program. Rented goats are taken to high-risk fire areas to clear out dry brush. Johnny Gonzalez is the owner of the environmental land management company. On the card, it says goats for hire because people didn't know what environmental land management did. So I had to get it out there that, yeah, we, we, uh, we rent out or you guys can utilize our goats for fire breaks. Gonzalez says the goats aren't just reducing wildfire danger, but carbon emissions too. It's a lot better than just cutting. You don't have the shaft and the duff laying around. They've literally converted it. You don't even notice it. And for the carbon aspect of it, it's all still on site. It hasn't been transported out. The nutrients are still in the soils and there is no seeds. The goats remove like 99% of the seeds. Gonzalez says once the goats are done, the land is in better shape to suppress a fire. SDG&E has used Gonzalez's goats in Oceanside and Chula Vista to clear brush near power lines. The next site will be in Escondido. Tanya Thorne, KPBS News. About a dozen San Diego high school students spent the past week becoming robot inventors. They're using part of their summer vacation to learn more about science and technology. Joshua Williams is an alumnus of the University of San Diego, where he founded USD's student chapter of the National Society of Black Engineers. He hosted the first-time science camp for students with the Young Echelon Organization, which helps to empower the next generation of black leaders. Students spent the week designing their own robots using their cell phones to direct them to perform simple tasks. We're introducing them to concepts like what is binary code so they just know the foundation that all coding that is used is based upon so that when they go out into the world in their future they're ready to just dive right into it. The Young Echelon organization also provides summer training for high school students of color to learn skills in business leadership and community outreach. Comic-Con is over, but for some artists who attended the show and went to the portfolio reviews, their work may just be beginning. KPBS arts reporter Beth Accomando gathered interviews from publishers and artists on Friday at Comic-Con's portfolio review area in the sales pavilion. 
waiting for one of the portfolio review panels. I'm waiting for portfolio review from Immortal Studios. Pretty excited. Basically means checking out your artwork. Um, if you're looking for either work or even criticism, if you're looking to improve, it's the, probably the best way to do it. My name's Tom Dougherty, and my title is Editor-in-Chief slash Publisher slash Owner of Canadian Comics. For Canadian Comics, we've hired a tremendous amount of people from doing portfolio reviews here at Comic-Con. So are you just looking to, to pretty much work for hire at this point, or? It kind of opens up the ability to see more than what can be put in front of me digitally. It's really nice to actually be able to connect with somebody face-to-face -face and, and actually, you know, look at their stuff physically, you know, and point out different things about, you know, the artwork that might work or the storytelling capacity or just, you know, whatever different facets they actually have in their portfolio. So instead of doing the static, hey, yeah. I'm here, yeah. <clears throat> doing more of a dynamic coming out, <laughs> I never know what's going to happen when the person sits down and they say, here it is, and they open it up and it's either, you know, a wonderful Trevor trove of things or I'm looking at it going, I'm very confused. But it's like because of the fact that it's in this small panel, yeah. <laughs> you, you've limited yourself. Like you obviously have the ability to draw it, you know, yeah. and to draw a nice action pose. So I like the fact that you can sit down and talk to people, talk to editors. I mean, it's great to do it online, but it's always it always feels better just to have like the one-on-one -on -one talking to somebody. I think one way to potentially have fixed this is if you were to pull the view back a little bit more. I've gained some work, and then um, also gained a lot of uh, pointers on how to do like how to improve in my artwork. The good ones are, they're very open to criticism. The problem that I'm, I'm having from looking from page one to page two here is the placement of the plant. I'm at the same time though, I don't, when I look at a portfolio, I'm not gonna sit there and be like, that's terrible and that's wrong and you know, that's, no, that's, that doesn't do them any good either if, if I'm just mean to them. Take every single note that people give you and just go from there, try to improve. I like to see how I grow as an artist because each year, the style, my style like grows from like the comic book to more realistic. So it's nice to see the evaluation from professionals to, you know, get their perspective on my work. So again, with your inks, you gotta be careful and cautious of making sure the line weights aren't the same because this gets very hard to see. Well, in this business, you have to have a very thick skin. A good constructive criticism is a great uh, way to learn from. Uh, Hank Knoltz, publisher at Clover Press. So it's nice to get feedback in person from another human being uh, that, that can tell you the areas that you should work on and focus on. He evaluated my work, it was great. He complimented on it. It's not just about being told uh, what to fix, it's also being told what you're doing right and what to do more of. Uh, so he gave me great advice of uh, basically making my characters to stand out uh, compared to the background. So, those, so my characters can pop. So it's, it's pretty awesome. Some people are gonna be bluntly honest with you, and then some people might actually sugarcoat it if you're at that level. If you're not, you're gonna hear it. They're gonna tell you. It's best just to take notes and then come back next year and just keep at it, keep at it, keep at it. Uh, so we just had a portfolio review uh, for our comic Glitch. It's a project that Sarah does the writing for, I do the art for. And we just kind of sat and got some feedback on what was working out, what needed some improvement, and just places we could do better in the future. It was really eye-opening for me as a, as a writer to go through the portfolio review and the emphasis is a little more on the art because it helps me um, in the scripting process to kind of get a better handle on what goes into translating the words into uh, a visual medium. Uh, you ended up liking something that um, wasn't on the pages that I brought. I wanted something my, some of my personal work. I mean, again, I'd be interested in seeing a treatment of that 
So I'm gonna be sending him some uh, treatment of what I did, and then hopefully we'll take it from there. That's the most, that's the most important thing, just keep following up with everyone that you talk to. The publishers interviewed were Tom Dougherty of Committed Comics and Hank Canitz of Clover Press. The artists interviewed were Julian Aguilera, Maximus Spragovsky, Alston Novak, and Sarah Landauer. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Eric Anderson. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego, offering the online Master of Data Science program, shaping the next generation of data-driven problem solvers. Learn more about the online Master of Data Science program from UC San Diego at omds.ucsd.edu.